Welcome back to another edition of the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. It's me, Len Testa, and this is our show for the week of Schmerz Day, November 20th, 2023. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. On the show today, news, listener questions. Then in our main segment, Jim continues the story of how Disney brought princess character greetings into the parks. Let's get started by bringing in the man who asks those of you who can fall asleep instantly, when do you do all of your panicking and overthinking? It's Mr. Jim Hill. Jim, how's it going? Actually, Lynn, I bury the needle in the exact opposite direction. I mean, five minutes after I climb into bed, boom, gone. Really? Yeah. Mind you, I'm also a cocooner. I wrap myself up in the sheets and the blankets. Nancy says I look like Heimlich from Pixar's A Bug's Life. And <laughs> someday I will be a happy butterfly. <laughs> so I read something the other day, and it was like that people stay awake surfing the web because it's the only part of the day in which they're in complete control of their own time and activities, you know, the end of the night when everyone else has gone to bed. And I was like, well, that's profound. That is interesting. Yeah. On yeah. the other hand, maybe just people need to see a lot of cat videos. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know everyone calls it doom scrolling, but have you seen the quality of doom that they're putting out these days? <laughs> that's exactly. Okay. Mm, chef's kiss. Okay. Exactly. exactly. All right. Also on the show today, we have a special guest. You know her, you love her. It's Touring Plan Zone in-park person, Christina Harrison. Christina, how's it going? Hello. Uh, it's true, though. That's the only time that I'm not... Um, at night when Gigi's asleep, that's the only time mm -hmm. I don't have little people yelling at me to make grilled cheese or I'm not trying to learn <laughs> yeah. fourth grade math or, um, you know, posting about Mickey Mouse. So, but if you work your algorithm right, it's not doom scrolling. Mm -hmm. It's monkey videos and cat videos and <laughs> felt, felt crafts. It is. Yeah. yeah. I, I went through this uh, thing on, uh, I think it was YouTube where for whatever reason, the algorithm just decided to show me nothing but cat videos for, for like a week. And then I guess they changed it. But, but, I, but I actually made up a song that I sing to Laurel before I go to bed. And it's about, it's about the cat videos. And, uh, you have to sing if, it. Uh, if you want. Okay. Yeah, ready? Go, go, go. So I'll, as, I'm, as I'm getting to bed, you know, getting ready for bed, I'm like, and, and, uh, and Laurel's like, are you going to bed? I'm like, no, Laurel, it's time for cat videos. And then she goes, cat videos? And I'm like, cat videos, what? Cat videos, huh? Cat videos, yes, cat videos. And it just goes on like that. It's basically the entire song. Do you do the rock cat kicks? Do you do the I, I actually, I, I'm actually, I'm actually moving my arms as I'm doing it too. Like, cat videos, Yay. what? Cat video, yeah. So. It's good, wow. good time over here, you know. So, nice. <laughs> can't wait to see it. Who's cat video? All right, anyway. All right, on to our subscriber and acknowledgement. Thanks to new subscribers: the real Elaine, David Mann, Jay Fitty, and Garrett Dorman, and longtime subscribers: Jimmy Hunt, Communicore Guy, Dana Snyder, and Siwashi Six, Jim, and Chrissy. These are the cast members from Epcot's old World of Motion attraction who still have a parking lot full of gently used chariots, flying carpets, and steam engines for sale at very fair prices. Look for them near the giant air-powered tube man display when the reimagined test track opens in a few years and they'll get you a good deal. True story. I, <sighs> you you got to move the merchandise, Jim, no matter how it is. I just yesterday got in a mail... I, I, I bought it off of eBay, but it's Epcot Construction News. And it's an article from the summer of 81 when they're actually buying these things. Oh, yeah, like, the props, yeah, yeah. But, you know, the whole notion of, you know, yeah, we found a lightly used carriage. A, a lightly that, used know, chariot. <laughs> Is it from Pompeii? Why does it have this ash on it? Like, look, don't ask questions. Right. We got it from the British museums. It's fine. <laughs> 
And by the way, speaking of the ash smell, I learned entirely too much from this newsletter about the smell that they introduced at Epcot. That evidently, the other name for them is scent cannon. Yeah. And you, you can blast a smell 200 feet across a room. And it's just sort of like, okay, how would you use that? This is my question. Like, you know the Army originally developed that technology. And my first question is, for what? <laughs> Two words come to mind, Len. Taco Tuesday. Exactly. But, I, you know, I, again, I could be wrong. All right. All right, folks, this is a quick reminder. We're moving the show off of Bandcamp and onto Patreon, beginning with our show on January 1st, 2024. We just released our second video with Imagineer Jim Schull on Patreon as well, which is all about the construction and design of Crush's Coaster in Disneyland Paris. Please sign up at patreon.com slash jimhillmedia, and don't forget to close down your Bandcamp subscription after that. On to the news. Folks, the news is sponsored by Touring Plans Travel Agency. Touring Plans can help book your next trip. Plus, it comes with a free Touring Plans subscription. Check us out at touringplans.com slash dish. All right, on to the news. Jim, I note that Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind has won a Themed Entertainment Association Award for Outstanding Achievement. They didn't say in the field of excellence, but I'm assuming that's what it means. And TEA notes that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy features several firsts, including a reverse launch for a Disney coaster in the first Omnicoaster ride system that allows vehicles to make controlled turns. So good for those guys. Wasn't this done part of, what is it, the Attractions Expo? I, isn't IAP it's this IAP week? is this week, yeah. IAP is this yeah, week, yeah. yeah our, uh, our good friend uh, Bethany Bemis is doing the keynote for the Academic Symposium. Oh, good for her. Yeah. Keying off of her thing at the American History Museum, right? Yeah, in, exactly. In the, uh, the Disney uh, display at uh, American History in Washington, D.C. Yes, good for her. I hope everyone's having fun. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, since we're coming up on the holidays, a uh, quick reminder to get your park reservations now. If you plan to visit Walt Disney World for New Year's Eve, our friends at WDW Magic note that mm-hmm. several ticket types are now sold out for Epcot's reservations, including hotel guests and day ticket holders. The good news is annual passes, annual pass reservations are still available. Capacity at Epcot is still 60,000 people or higher? Yeah, this is interesting because, you know, the, there's a difference between the physical space, which is mm-hmm. probably above, it's definitely above 100,000. And okay. do we have enough things for uh, for that many people to do? Which I think the answer right now is no. Um, so they're, they're constrained by things like attractions, entertainment, mm-hmm. and dining options. So, yeah, okay. that's what we're looking at there. Okay. Yeah, but go ahead and get your uh, reservations now if you plan on being in Walt Disney World on New Year's Eve. It's a lot of fun, but you want to make sure you're there. Okay. Also, Jim, one more bit of news, and this is a deep cut for you Haunted Mansion fans out there. Mm-hmm. Our friend DC Baker over at the WDW Magic Forums was stuck in the attic scene at the Magic Kingdom's Haunted Mansion in the last couple days and noticed a new additional prop, and it's got fantastic Disney lore attached to it. So, Jim, mm-hmm. you've told us the story of the Haunted Mansion before, that it's a combination of a scary approach and a funny-slash-weird approach from basically mm-hmm. every Imagineer who was working for Disney. In the 1960s. Mm-hmm. And I think, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but was it was Harper, Goff, and Ken Anderson who started with the original idea that the Haunted Mansion should be at least dark, if not scary. Is that right? This is true. Yep. And then later, mm-hmm. Raleigh Crump came in to do humor and the Museum of the Weird spin on it, right? Yeah, well, uh, what was interesting about the Museum of the Weird is, remember, there was a time when the mansion was supposed to be a walkthrough, and Walt was staring down the barrel of that, and it's like... We can't have people standing out in the sun. 
we got to give them some queue space. And so Rolly actually had come up with all of these weird ideas that just didn't quite fit the mansion. But Walt, it was a famous story of Walt looks at it on a, on a Friday and then comes in a Monday and basically yells at Rolly, you know, to the effect of, I was up all weekend thinking of all your weird stuff, <laughs> but I got an idea. Thanks, I think. Okay. But yeah. the idea was that the Museum of the Weird would be where you queued up to then go into oh. the mansion. And among the very weird things that Rolly dreamed up was, in fact, the Candleman. Right. So the Candleman is a spooky character made entirely of melted candle wax. What could possibly go wrong? But it looks like uh, Walt Disney World has subtly added the Candleman to the attic scene in Haunted Mansion. So if you're riding through the Haunted Mansion, Christina, the next time you're riding through the uh, Haunted Mansion, yeah. if, you're, uh, if you're in the attic scene and you look at the suit of armor that's sort of tilted to the right, as you go by, it'll be on your right-hand side. There's a small, about a foot tall statue of a man that looks like he's made out of candle wax. And that is new, and it's just for the holidays. It, I think it's only here for a limited time. Well, and, uh, until the, the air conditioning cuts out. And then it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> exactly. This is one of those props that only works during the fall and winter, right? There we go. They, they, they'll come see our puddle of wax. You know, but, but no, I love that. Somebody thought enough of the history of the development of the attraction to sort of dig this out and take Rolly's drawing and make it into a thing. So yeah, this I think is it's cool. fantastic. And it's it's one yeah. of those things where it's like, this is the kind of thing that I think works really well for both Walt Disney World and Disneyland, where it's a, uh, it's a small prop. It doesn't change the overall narrative or uh, timeline of the ride, but yet it's a nice, it's a nice little touch for, you know, big, big Haunted Mansion fans. Mm-hmm. All right. The, uh, the other big thing that happened in the past week uh, and this is why Christina's on the show. Uh, Chrissy was at Jollywood Nights, the very first one. Dun, dun, dun. And so, uh, uh, Chrissy, first question, how's your therapy going after that? I bought my own tickets to another Mickey's Very Merry to camp. <laughs> As a palate cleanser? I, I said, uh, so you spent your money on two parties uh, to Mickey's Very Merry, and I am going to a third. I figured that would get rid of the bad taste. All right, so walk us walk us through exactly what happened. And I think starting with check-in, what you thought was the first sign that maybe things weren't as smooth as they, they could be. Uh, we try to remain objective. Maybe I'm on, I err on the side of Disney. Like, I root for it to go well. You want everything to go well. So okay. I got in. I had gone to um, Animal Kingdom because I wanted to see Awakenings. It was the first holiday Awakenings. And the girls, mm-hmm. Hannah, Audrey, and Maya went on ahead of me. So they were in the park. So they did the in-park check-in. And this is similar. At Hollywood Studios. At Hollywood Studios. It's similar right. to the way it's supposed to be at Mickey's Very Merry, but they've got decades on them and they've got it down pat. So at Hollywood oh. Studios, there are two check-ins. There's one at the main gate, which is to the right side when you're, when you're walking up and you're looking at the entrance. It's those four turnstiles to the right. It's very obvious. And I thought, oh, man, I'm way past the 100th statue. I'm almost at security. This is going to take a year. It took me eight minutes to get in. Oh, that's not bad. Yep, timed in. Eight minutes, you get a lanyard that is giant and stabby, and you have to wear it. <laughs> I don't know another way to say stabby. I, stabby. Uh, it's very stabby. Pointed. Pointed. Um, I took it off a hmm. few times and was advised to put it back on. So I'm a rule follower, put it back on. So you have a lanyard and a wristband you have to wear both? Too. Yeah. And you know what's funny is like for work, I used to go to the NIH a lot and mm-hmm. I only had to have one identification. I didn't have to have two, but I had to have two for Jollywood. So it's fine. Hmm. 
Yeah, and it's very stabby. Okay, so you get that and you get your map. And then the girls were in the park. Uh, They went in and the check-in was at Vacation Fun. So Mm -hmm. I walk over to meet them because they're all dressed and gorgeous. I wanted to take pictures. And a a really sweet cast member said, if you're coming to check-in, we suggest that you leave the park and come back in because the line was (laughs) to Galaxy's Edge. And I thought... Holy cow. We're exaggerating. Like, they're trying to, like, and nope, it, it was. I went back. So there was a line that went from Vacation Fun, which is basically where Indiana Jones it is, is the, uh, yeah. the stunt show, all the way back to Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. All the way down Grand Grand Avenue, past Baseline yep. Tap House, past yep. Muppet Vision, yep. past the restrooms. Wow. So if we're going to okay. keep a ticker of things we predict change before the next party, yeah. that's definitely... Step, step one. Yeah. There you okay. go. So they, they actually told you it'd be faster to go from where you were in the park to, to leave. leave the park, Yep. turn around, and come back yep. in. And she's right, because it took the girls more than 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it took and how me... Long, how eight. long is the party? When did the party start? The party, you can get in at um, 7, and the party starts at 8.30. Seven. And it goes till when? 12.30. Okay, so four hours and 30 minutes. So one-eighth, 12.5% of your time in line to get the lanyard. That was not okay. even close to the worst part. Not a not a great not an auspicious start, uh, but okay. All right, go ahead. It's the first time. That's okay. It, it, again, it's what is what is my saying? It's always a surprise to Disney when Disney does something for the first time. I felt so bad for the cast members. You could just uh, uh, it was okay. So coming in having <clears throat> just come off like I'm still on my cookie high from Mickey's <clears throat> Very Merry. Sure, sure. So this is like when you sent me to, you know, Bergdorf Goodman, or I got to go to the Canyon Ranch Spa, and then you send me to Big Lots to get my lotion. That's <laughs> the best of this, times. That's the worst how this of times. felt, okay? Because I had just had the single greatest party, and you sent me to all the parties. This year's Mickey's Very Merry, we're, we're back on it. And it was so good, right? So good. Yeah, okay. Like, I bought merch. I never buy merch. And then you send me oh. here. Mm-hmm. So walking in, it didn't even feel like a party. The cast members are dressed in their regular costumes. And you uh-huh. know, at Mickey's Very Merry, everything that stands still is bedecked in garland and, and mistletoe. Every cast member is in that adorable little, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you stand still long enough, someone hangs an ornament on you. Oh, right? it's precious. Yeah. And there's lights and there's music and stark difference walking in. All the cast members are in their regular costumes. It is very dark. There, It just looks like Hollywood Studios at Christmas, which is lovely, but not, you know, party lovely. Okay. Right. All right. So first thing is we had a lot of anxiety about we have to get into Brown Derby. Okay. Okay. Jazzy Holidays with the new character that I think we're supposed to pretend we've known about for years. I'm not sure. Ollie, I don't know exactly. We'll have more to say about Ollie in a minute. Okay, but uh, but the but the Brown Derby was one of the central oh, places. Oh man, yeah. So this was supposed the, to be. Okay. It looked lovely. Like they had the they had the menus on the tables, and they had you could hear the piano player. You know, it looked mm-hmm. very schmancy. It was wonderful. So the four of us are sitting there. You have to do the walk-up on My Disney Experience, just like during the day when you want to do a walk-up for dining. So you go into the, you know, you search for Hollywood Brown Derby. And then mm-hmm. where it says make a reservation, you do walk-up. But it, that was at, was it 8 or 8.15? Anyway, whatever yeah. rise okay. wasn't. Okay. So we did it. I was the only one of the four of us that got it. And I thought, oh man, this is amazing. I get the text right away. Your table will be ready in about 10 minutes. And what time was this? That was at 
I saved everything. Was it 814? Eight, okay. Eight, eight, between 8 and 830. Okay. And and your table will be ready in 10 minutes. That's actually not bad. I mean, for a party, a table ready in 10 minutes, I've had I've had much worse waits at Applebee's. Okay, right. Amazing. So I head over because we're trying to decide, you know, there's, there's four of us, but we're trying to decide who's going where, you know, what's happening. So I go over, but so do several hundred other people. <laughs> okay. And is it at this point where you're like, something seems off? <laughs> well, no. I thought, you know, filthy bloggers. I know how we are. We're terrible people. Like, we're going to – because they said, you know, there's no reason to go to the host stand. You can either scan the QR code. You can go in through MDA, but whatever. You know, you, you can't just okay. walk up and get a reservation. So I go up. Okay. I don't want to bother anybody. The poor cast members look beyond frazzled. So I'm like, you know, I know how this goes. I'm going to hang out my 10 minutes. I'm going to send the girls to go do other stuff. I'm going to see what happens. I wait around 10. I wait around 20. I go up to a cast member and I was like, hey, do I have to be close by to get this text? And then if I'm in a show. The second text saying it's time to, yeah, it's time to come in. You know, okay. um, and, and he says, well, you crashed the system. Everybody doing it at one time, we had a glitch and it crashed the system. So it's going to be a little longer than 10. And I was like, you know what? Cool. It, what are we talking about? An hour? 15? Two hours? Yeah. Yeah. Just let me know. Yeah. Yeah. He said, I'm not sure. <laughs> An indeterminate amount it of time. so nice. And he, he, poor thing. I felt so bad. So I was like, cool. Uh, yeah. I was like, cool. And by cool, you meant not cool. <laughs> it's fine. It's totally fine. It's the first night, right? But I was like, if I go and I'm in a show... Yeah. Uh, and I'm not back in 10 minutes. Are you going to hold my table? And he was like, we can't do that. So you need to come back within, you know, you need to come back pretty quickly. Like, we're not going to be able to just hold everybody's table. And there's hundreds of everybody's, you know, got their okay. ring lights. So, so they sent you a text saying your table boot would be ready in 10 minutes, but your table wasn't ready in 10 minutes. And they wouldn't tell you when your table would be ready. He didn't know. Bless his heart. But but if you but if you didn't come back, whenever at some point in the future they said you would lose your table. No soup for you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just making sure I got that right. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Bless his heart. So it was fifty nine minutes. So you waited an hour, a four hour in a four hour party. It took one hour for Brown Derby. Jim always say? It took a really long time, but at least the food was terrible and not warm. Like, something like that. I feel like that's... I got it wrong, but something like that. The, the, the food wasn't good, but thank God the portions were small they and expensive. Really small, so I didn't, yeah. I didn't feel like... <laughs> yeah, wow. so, so let's, don't, let's don't do that. Okay. So, all right. Okay, so Brown Derby was not great. That's cool. Right. That's cool. It's not my favorite spot anyway. Okay. By the way, did you um um did you try the virtual queue at Rise of the Resistance when you? Um, I did, you and uh, I got okay. it. I got it. I oh, have never gotten in all of my mm-hmm. seventy five years. I have never gotten the virtual queue for Rise, and I felt triumphant. But then it went down, and it was down for <laughs> hours. <laughs> and you know why? It's because I got it. So that's my yeah. Bad. That's it. Yeah. That's my bad. All right. So they used virtual queues for Rise, but Rise was down most of the party. Yeah. And then Brown Derby was an hour wait when they said 10 minutes. All right. Not not starting off great here, but but you know what? There's still time for recovery. Let's let's keep going. Okay. All right. So let's talk about something good before we talk about more bad things. Um, the really good thing, I feel like um, this is, I know you normally start off the show with a, a round of self-congratulations, but I think Jim needs to take a bow for getting the Muppets featured 
in one of the two shows. Because I, I honestly, Jim's the only one that ever talks about the Muppets. And now it's like all mm-hmm. Muppets. There's so much merch. I love it so much. Okay. Oh, so this was the holiday show with the uh, Muppets, It was right? so good. Leonard, this was like Lawrence Welk plus Hee Haw plus the <clears throat> old Muppet show. Like, it was oh, adorable. The, the, the three pillars of American comedy. There we go. There we go. <laughs> My exactly. measure of funny. But, it, you yeah, know, exactly. it's like schmaltzy and holiday. Yeah. And I love that you use uh, Yiddish to uh, describe a uh, Christmas holiday. That's, that's the proper uh, way beautiful. to describe anything. Good you know or what? Bad. We, are, we are a melting pot. <laughs> we are. We are. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. good schmaltz. So, yeah, the kind you need to make matzo balls. Um, it was lovely. <laughs> Having the Muppets... Mm. Just, oh, just precious, precious. <clears throat> Loved every minute. No notes. The first show was crowded. No problems. Second, third, fourth show. None. Okay. You'll get in. You can go 15 minutes before. You don't need to wait hours. No big deal. Okay, the other one, and I have an affinity for Nightmare Before Christmas. <clears throat> I don't think, I, Len, I don't think you're like a huge fan. I'm not sure about you, Jim. I've never actually seen the entire movie. I can't get through it. Jim, are you a fan? I appreciate it. And, and more to the point, I mean, this year being the 30th anniversary, just to see how crazed people are when it comes. So you have to at least acknowledge that, that, you know, that, that when you're a nightmare fan, you're a nightmare fan. So speaking of crazed, I cried because the Jack puppet that we get to see at Mickey's Not So Scary is there, but you're so much closer. And I even put in our um, post on Instagram exactly where to sit because he's angled. And those puppeteers, I mean... You know, I'm not sure where you go to school for that. It's probably not a community Mm -hmm. college, but they are so talented. So he comes out in the beginning. He comes out at the end. He does his laugh. There's this really cool, you know, spoiler, dance uh, scene with um, Oogie. He comes out for a dance number. Oh, nice. Oh, it's so fun. And if you know the words, if this is your jam, like like Jim said, you're going to be singing. And they use the same snow that they do during the day when Frozen sing-along is in the same. It's at the Hyperion. Oh, oh, it's so great. The The rest of it is kind of wonky because the two narrators, I guess, are really mimes. Like, they don't speak. They don't sing. That part's kind of weird, but, like, so is Tim Burton. It's mm. it's fine. You're not wrong. Right? <laughs> You're okay, not yeah. wrong, really. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's not off-putting yeah. or anything. Like, I would sit, if I had had the time I wasn't working, I would have done it twice. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. The puppet is amazing, especially when he does his little laugh. Okay, on to more bad news. So the shows, 10 out of 10. And then, you know, the right. whole night starting at 6 o'clock um, before you even get in, as soon as the sun goes down. So Sunset Seasons Greetings, the show on Tower of Terror. It, you can stand there all night in the snow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bear. So that's good. So the so shows were great. The, uh, the projection on Tower of Terror love. was great. Good. Okay. Love, okay. love. So good to see. Um, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam, you know, that's mostly projections, but to have like some fireworks back in Hollywood Studios, amazing. Yeah. Um, if you can awesome. stay stay awake, yeah. So, okay, the other big ticket for the night, the one that was like, ugh, everybody was stressing out about was the Tip Top Club at Hollywood Tower of Terror. Oh, right. This was a, uh, this was their attempt to do like a, a lounge at uh, Tower of Terror? It was supposed to be like a swanky club in the courtyard. So I scuttled down there prior to the party because, you know, you want to see the setup. Mm -hmm. And they were laying out the bunting. And the bunting started, you know, where the old fast pass machines used to be in that little gazebo that still isn't anything. It looks like it would be like where you put your shovels or something. I don't know. (laughs) Um, It starts there and the bunting goes all the way down to the exit 
of the merch location. So that officially, I guess, is the courtyard. So there's the Joffrey's there, you know, and then there's that gate that um, heading into Fantasmic. So that was opened. There was a DJ and there was like a a bar that they rolled in. Um, I'm sorry, it wasn't a DJ, it was a band. Okay. Okay, so it was so dark. It felt like, you guys have probably never had this experience, but you walk into a room and like, you know, that people were talking about you and then they stop talking. <laughs> no, this, this happens all the time. <laughs> oh God. Yes. Family reunions. Even. Um, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Okay. That's how it felt. Like, well, you're like, I'm sorry. Like you just automatically apologize. Like, am I supposed to be here? Are we, is this okay? Is this, is this, is is this, this open? open? Are we yeah. open? Yeah. Are you open? <laughs> ah, it was, yeah, it was so dark. dark. There were three um, three drinks and then like a Prosecco, a Brute, and then one like apple cider or whatever. Really? Did not look anything like the pictures. It was just uh, kind of warm. What kind of music was the band playing? You know, like 30s jazz. Okay, so they were doing the right, at least it was period appropriate. Okay. The okay. live music everywhere was stellar. Amazing. Mm. Okay, well, that's good. All right, but uh, but three drinks. I mean, in you know, for the '30s, you should have had like Jim. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Bathtub gin. Oh God, yeah. There was yeah, no yeah, cocaine. Yeah. yeah, something something bootlegged by the Kennedy family from Canada. There like, we yeah. go. Again, are coming straight out of the crate from Nova Scotia. <laughs> <laughs> if I might interrupt here for a sec to, to circle back to what Chrissy was just talking about. Think about it. They took the theater that the Frozen sing along show was in. And repurposed it to do a pretty good Nightmare Before Christmas event. And took advantage of the projection screens. And yet, here they are. They're doing the Tip Top Club, basically in the exit of the attraction. Literally outside of where the merch is. And it's like, Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy literally stands in the shadow. Yeah, like just a... a, a, It's around the corner. (laughs) Right. Okay, now think about this. It has a 10-foot tall 200 foot long wraparound screen okay video screen yes yes and and think about it you could have put this club inside of there and done the whole 30s lighting package you know wonderful stylized space you have places to be able to sit down and enjoy their beverages i mean hell they could have built a temporary stage over the animatronic uh, and put the band there, and people would have been inside, undercover, with a full lighting package. And they literally, it's oh, right yeah. next to the tower. That's a really like, good like, idea. They have time. 100 feet away. Yeah. yeah that's a, okay, I mean, that's, I just okay. all... And, and I, I bring this up because... What I saw on social media was the line that went all the oh, way down. Yeah. So it's a, yeah. yeah. You're right. And yeah. it, it was panic-inducing. Like, if you have any... I'm being dead serious here. Like, mm-hmm. if you have mm-hmm. any sensory issues, you have mm-hmm. claustrophobia, any of that, this is mm-hmm. not the alleyway for you because it is slow it, moving. It, it's funny that you... Claustrophobia and you're outdoors. That's, it uh, is that, dark. That's a feat. Uh, people yeah. are touching you and mm-hmm. you're waiting in line. And you know what? Jim's right because they, they would have sold a lot more alcohol because people wanted to get the hell out of there. Like, you know, give me my hot nine dollar mm-hmm. wine and let me get out of here. Not good. Yeah, that's a shame. All right, so the Tip Top Club was uh, was a disappointment. All right. Okay. What about uh, so? What'd you do after Tip Top Club? 
We haven't, we haven't talked about characters yet, by the way. All right. So Jim made a good point that's going to apply to characters. Okay. So the lines for characters, especially the special characters like Phineas and Ferb, they were a lot. So mm-hmm. at one point we got in line for Phineas and Ferb and the cast member mm-hmm. said it was at least 90 minutes. At least. Mm-hmm. In, a, in a four hour party, it was 90 yeah, minutes. Yeah, man. Okay. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. we said, ah, oh, let's go back and we'll see. We'll go back to Animation mm-hmm. Courtyard and we'll go mm-hmm. and see because there was uh, Mickey and Minnie, Donald, mm-hmm. Daisy, Goofy, and Pluto. So the main mm-hmm. folks, right? So Animation Courtyard was much the same. You walk in and you know normally when you walk under the sign, Mm-hmm. To the mm-hmm. right is where there's the little stages for Fancy Nancy and Vampirina and, and all those. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, the character well, yeah. The characters for the party were set up way in the back. So it, it was, there were yards. It was like a football field of dark space. Nothing. No Oh, so they were, they were set up uh, closer to the, the entrance back. to... Uh, okay, yes. Okay, right. Wow. All right. Where so that's the a hike. entrance okay. to um, like the Disney Junior is. Okay. okay? Yeah, okay. In the old store that hasn't reopened. So it's not in the front where Little Mermaid is. That whole area, dark, empty, dead space. Nothing happening. Mm-hmm. Super mm-hmm. creepy, right? So mm-hmm. it's sort of like you're you're walking in and out of a party over and over. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I guess you're not supposed to lose that vibe. But, like, it was super weird. Anyway, mm-hmm. so you walk all the way back and you can hear the party and you can see people. But you walk through the darkness and then what they don't tell you, and I... Of all things, I hope this changes quickly. What they don't tell mm-hmm. you is, to the right, you get in line for Mickey. I can see Mickey. Mickey's adorable. He's in his adorable little outfit. What they don't tell you is, Mickey and Minnie swap out. So you may get in line wanting to see Mickey, but surprise, you're going to see Minnie. It's her turn. Same with Donald oh. and Daisy. Same with Pluto and Goofy. Maya, uh, who helps us a lot, um, loves Goofy. Is, mm-hmm. Does not have the same affinity for Pluto, was mm-hmm. going to cry when when Goofy traded off Pluto. Oh, so so she got in line for yes, Goofy. Goofy, but the line was so long that Goofy timed out, needed a break. Yeah. So it was basically you got in line for some random character. Well, it's one of two. You have 50-50 odds, mm-hmm. uh, depending on how long it is, and you don't know when their next break time is. And all right, but that's fine. So we did that. We went back there and we were like, let's get some characters. We want to time the sure. waits. Everybody's okay. Fortunately. We didn't have to worry about the timers because it rained, and every single one of the characters goes inside when it rains. So oh, they weren't in a they weren't in a covered spot like uh, it's well, half like, covered. Like Jafar, remember when we went to see Jafar at um, same exact story? thing? Well, he was, but he was he was under the um, so were the they? In Bazaar. They're yeah. under a cover, but it's not completely covered. So it started oh. to rain. They all leave. Mickey, Minnie, Pluto, Goofy, Donald, Daisy, Phineas, Ferb, um, Chippendale, Rescue Rangers. I mean, in their defense, who knew that it, that, uh, that it would rain in Florida? Okay. So hopefully, okay, and then directly next to it, you have the Disney Junior Dance Stage, which mm-hmm. I, you would think, like, I, well, now I'm thinking based on what Jim said about Tower of Terror, Tip Hop Club, we would have used that as either a backup location or we would use that for our characters. No, we had one of those 360 cameras like they have at the Oscars. And mm-hmm. so it was like selfie heaven. Like that's where all the, you know, you went and you got your pictures taken, but that's it. So all the characters disappear. Everybody around so Echo why, Lake. Why, why, why didn't they use Disney Junior for the character greetings? That would have made more sense. I bet you something about that changes because it was mm-hmm. the last okay. act hour about 48 minutes of Mm -hmm. the party there were no more characters now 
opposite of this. So th they were all crowded. There were, you know, lines. You weren't sure who you were getting. So I thought, let's go back to Pixar Place because I know there's Edna's back there, Frozone. Mm -hmm. I, that's the video I sent you where I was like, <laughs> Frozone had one family and he was like, please come talk to me. Somebody talk to me. <laughs> and it was like nine o'clock at night. And... And there was nobody yeah. well, there. Well, it's kind of a dead end and there's nothing else there. So it's, and, uh, you know, that particular part of Pixar Place is really gets bypassed because people are going from other parts of the park to Toy Story Land. Yeah, it was dark. Yeah. You did not know uh, there was a poor party. Frozen. Yeah, you sent it to me and, and it looked like, uh, Jim, it looked like a, uh, imagine you're walking down a deserted street and in the distance under a lone light pole <laughs> is a guy dressed like a Disney character oh. imploring you to come near him. Okay. And now, now that I say it, it sounds like the beginning of another Stephen King novel. But. I, I was thinking the sequel to Five Nights at Freddy's. I get it, just sort of like, yeah, wow. It's okay. giving haunted. It's giving, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not cute. Not cute. There were like nine people, and half of them, I was one, and then the rest were cast members who were like, please come you, down you, here. You know, half those people were like, where's the nearest restroom? Do you have fuel rods here? Um, yeah, if you want to, yeah, exactly. So the good news was I then I thought, you know, I haven't gotten good pictures in Galaxy's Edge in a long time. Let's go see what's happening over there. Again, uh -huh. it's like me and like like three cast members. So I got beautiful pictures with nobody in them. Because Rise was down and Millennium Falcon yeah. was a five minute wait, um, which we all knew means mm. no wait. Yeah. It was rough. So that's good. So the so the weights at the other attractions that were running, they were okay? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I um, posted that. I think I saved it. I did a, like a screen recording of wait mm -hmm. times, um, three times through the night to show, uh, and Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway went down for quite some time, not as long as rise. Um, right. so that part was stinky, I mean, but if you wanted to ride yeah. slinky dog dash in the drizzle, this mm -hmm. was your night. <laughs> You, you know, I, I'm not sure that you sold it quite the way that Disney Disney wanted it there, but uh, yeah, right. I'm trying. Well, I mean, okay, so there were short waits. That's uh, that's good. So it sounds like okay, the, the wait times then were the primary thing. Yeah, uh, you know, except for the rides that were down. All right. Yeah, and then the food. There was some food that was good. The waits were long, mm -hmm. and it wasn't mobile order, which. You know, mm. again, shout out to Mickey's Very Merry. Got it right this year. They now have mobile order for the party food, mm. which cannot what be was the uh, What was the best food? Okay, at ABC Commissary. Oh, really? it was so good. Yeah, I loved mm. it. That and Fairfax Fair. I really huh. enjoyed it. Yep. So we're going back with Jim and Jim and everybody on the 29th, is it? Mm -hmm. Or yep. the 30th, yeah. whatever day. So, mm -hmm. you know, hey, we can go and... See Frozone and eat some food at ABC Comics. There are a couple of things that uh, that give me hope here. One was uh, you mentioned, Chrissy, that uh, in the Disney Junior Junior Building, there were about a dozen uh, team leads uh, commiserating about what was going on with the party. Man, they looked very unhappy. There was one guy. I won't call out what he was wearing because it was very mm -hmm. different. He was pacing hard, like, mm -hmm. you know, the scene in I Love Lucy, Jesus, I'm old, when Ricky's pacing because little Ricky's being born. <laughs> like, that's how yeah. he looked. And then uh, Disney sent out a survey afterwards asking about your opinion on the uh, new character that they developed, Ollie, mm -hmm. for, the, uh, for the event. And the thing that I love about this survey was, Jim, you know this, you know, like Disney sometimes – 
designs a survey to get the response they want. Yeah. The question the questions for Ollie were like, did you love Ollie or did you love Ollie? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> What's intriguing was to see the giant rollout neon sign featuring Ollie. For me, it was one of these things we were doing the 30,000 foot view of the opening night. You could see where money had been spent and then there was kind of that underwear gnomes moment <laughs> you know like we steal the underwear plus question mark equals profit and just the whole notion of it. we spent the dollar 45 to create a, a a special hard ticket event at the studios and oh everyone's gonna love this and well i have one know. picture yeah. of the underwear as it were mm-hmm. it's um the wrinkled tablecloth that they throw over the hyperion sign to show oh. boy man it looks Mm. It looks like somebody's balled up T-shirt. And then they quickly, I mean, I don't even want to say it's a high school uh, theater project because some of those high schools are amazing. It's like like an elementary school. Oh, it's bad. I wonder, there was the Villains Unleashed event back in August of 2014 that got miserable reviews as well. I mean, you know, there were great individual elements. Yeah. Yeah, but ridiculously long lines and 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 is this the part where we talk about that maybe this is a hard park to do a hard ticket in yeah i mean has any has any has anything other than after hours Mm -hmm. uh ever succeeded as an event at uh at the studios i don't know i mean it, it just sounds like a lot of the stuff that Chrissy was describing, you need special nighttime signage. You need special nighttime lighting. You need cast members being really proactive about, hey, if you go down here, you know, the Frozone is is waiting, you know, to meet with your family and potentially do your taxes. He's got a lot of time on his hands right now, you know? Yeah, this is this is the thing that um, that I think about when I think about Disney doing first-time events. You know, on the one hand, mm-hmm. the, the first time you do something, mm-hmm. you don't know how the public is going to receive it. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, I, I, I get that. But on the other hand, I'd like to bring up a couple of points. One is Disney charged full price for the first night, right? They could have They could have done all of this for free, and just use cast members to test everything out and mm. done a trial run, you know, beforehand, and they didn't. Mm. You know, the other thing is, is, you know, if you look at how much, you know, Disney makes hundreds of billions of dollars a year in revenue. They're basically a nation state. Mm. We're not talking about a mom and pop corn maze operation here. They make a an ungodly amount of money. They should be held to a different standard. Well, Jim has a point, uh, and I think what I was hoping for, and I didn't want to, you know, you don't want to jinx yourself by saying it, but I was hoping mm-hmm. for instead of um, like the the reason that I love Mickey's not so scary or Mickey's very merry and not so mm-hmm. scary is because everybody has emotional attachment. If you come to Walt Disney World and you come back and you buy these party tickets, usually you have some sort of fondness anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And they're so good at capitalizing on all of that for the Christmas party. Like I love every second. Right. I don't want to miss a second of it. But I, I have some emotional attachment, obviously, for Hollywood Studios, but like, I don't know who Ollie was. And one of the cast members kept calling him Oliver, which I almost peed my beard because that was awesome. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's Oliver now. Well, I but mean, Oliver. Yeah. I was hoping, you know, because uh, Target had their um, 50% off sale of Christmas items. I was hoping that they would do like a nod to the Osborne lights. Like, I think I even said this somewhere. Like, if there was a light-up bicycle, I was just going to lose my marbles. It would have been so <laughs> easy 
to string some lights, right? Like down one of the many dark alleyways, like from Toy Story Land to Animation Courtyard, I needed a flashlight to throw up some lights, a little Mm -hmm. nod, a little ode to that. Yeah, I mean, they could just string Christmas lights like they do in Toy Story Land. Just string them everywhere. Everywhere. It would improve on things greatly. See, you guys fixed it. Look at that. In in an hour, you fixed it. But anyway, we're going back, so we'll see... Okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll, be, we'll all be back in a couple of weeks. It'll be uh, interesting to see what okay. changes yeah. they, they make. Yeah. If you have a choice, list. though, just don't. Just go to Mickey's Very Merry. <laughs> Free cookies, man. Cookies. Free cookies. All right. God. Well, thank you for being on the uh, on the show, Christina. Yeah. I appreciate no, no, no. it. As always, a pleasure. Thank you, guys. We'll see you in a few weeks. See you in a couple of weeks. Thanks. Thanks. All right, Jim. So we've got time for one quick listener question. This one is from Jonah, who says, uh, "I know from old photos of Disneyland there was a Main Street storefront." for the meat production giant, the Swift Company. I also know that there were oranges and fresh-squeezed OJ, as Walt would break in, according to legend, when he'd stay over in the firehouse apartment. So in the early days of Disneyland, were these actually stores that sold groceries like fruit and pork, or were they more showcases of the company's wares like at Epcot? And were there other interesting stores to sell everyday goods in the early days of Disneyland? All right, so Jim, with the holiday season almost upon us, Mm -hmm. what if we did a show topic along the lines of what Christmas presents would you give if you could only shop at Disneyland stores in the 1950s? <laughs> wow, Len, you know that I'm blanking the name of the drugstore chain, but but nothing says I thought of you this holiday season like live leeches. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let, let, let's explore that idea. Okay, Len. all right, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, cool. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back. Jim continues the story of how Disney brought the Disney princesses into the parks for character readings. We'll be right back. Today's show is brought to you by StoryWorth. This past weekend, I was at the Woodbury Common Premium Outlets, which, which is located in the Central Valley of New York State. You ever been to this place? It's huge. Anyway, as I was wandering around this 150-acre complex, I was looking for a gift that would make my loved ones feel, well, unique, special, just like the relationship we share. And after I had visited maybe a 20th of Woodbury Commons' 220 stores, I thought, StoryWorth is a far smarter way to go here. For those of you who haven't heard, StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones preserve precious memories and stories for years yet to come. It is a thoughtful and meaningful gift that connects you to those who matter most. Here's how it works. Every week, StoryWorth emails your relative or friend a thought-provoking question of your choice from their vast pool of possible options. Each unique prompt asks questions you've never thought to ask before, like, What's one of your favorite warm drinks in the winter, or have you ever experienced a severe storm? After one year, StoryWorth will compile all of your loved ones' stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that you'll then be able to share and revisit for generations yet to come. And what's great about gifting someone StoryWorth is this keepsake book is something that's sure to be hauled out every holiday season. That way, the family can revisit stories like like how my mom survived the great hurricane of 1938, which came roaring out of the Atlantic in mid-September that year. And as that hurricane barreled through southern New England, it flattened 8,900 homes and businesses and left over 60,000 people homeless. It's that sort of seldom-told tale, a bit of forgotten history, that you'll only get to hear about if you sign a friend or loved one up for StoryWorth. 
With StoryWorth, I am giving those I love most a thoughtful, personal gift from the heart and preserving their memories and stories for years yet to come. Go to StoryWorth.com slash DisneyDish and save $10 on your first purchase. Again, that's StoryWorth.com slash DisneyDish to save $10 on your first purchase. We thank them for sponsoring today's episode. When we uh, left off last week, it was, what, late 1996, and we had just talked about the opening of the uh, Ariel's Grotto? Was that was that right? There we go. The thing that they built at the Magic Kingdom at the very edge of the old 20K Lagoon. And this princess meet and greet was one of the more popular additions to the park for the 25th anniversary of the resort. Oh, and sure. Yeah. So much so that the folks in California were like, oh, we want one of those for us. So they decided to take the the Alpine Garden. Uh, do you know where that is? It was right off of the hub uh, next to where the House of the Future once stood. Oh, okay. The Alpine Garden. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because of the, it, it's so tied into the Matterhorn. I got it. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, it was one of these things. Matterhorn adjacent. By the way, the House of the Future closed December of 67. Mm -hmm. The new Tomorrowland, the first redo of that side of the park, opened July of 67. So there was this interesting window of time where as you walked in Tomorrowland, you had your choice of Monsanto-themed attractions. You could go to Adventures Through Inner Space, the brand new one, or you could pivot to the left, and go into the House of the Future. Oh, it, was, it was the best of times. Yeah, but, but again, what was interesting is that House of the Future at this point was kind of... Uh, what's the Epcot equivalent? I remember how they, they'd throw open Wonders of Life when it was a really busy time of year. Yeah, you know, or during know. festivals or whatever, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it was open on Saturdays and Sundays and, you know, height of the summer. But by November of, of that year, it's like, look, get rid of that thing. And, and the things that Monsanto is like, you understand the, the engineers from MIT designed that thing, right? You know, in the past 10 years, it has settled a quarter of an inch. That thing is so well built. It's going to take us forever to take it down. And sure enough, it did. It took them two solid weeks, Len. And this, remember, this is when Disneyland during the off season was closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. So, so they could bring in like the heavy equipment, like the wrecking ball, and they still couldn't take the building down. And in the end, they were there with chain poles and hacksaws, cutting it up into tiny little pieces of plastic. Oh, yeah, so, you mentioned this on a previous show that it was almost impossible to uh, to knock it out. Yeah. Now, speaking of that subject, Dave Bossert, the author mm -hmm. of House of the Future, Walt Disney, MIT, and the M Monsanto's Vision of the Future, is going to be joining Len and I uh, next month to discuss how, over the 10 years that this Smarland attraction was open in the park, how they celebrated the holidays in this futuristic setting, Len. Really? Just think about this, folks. What do you do when you get somebody a brand new car for Christmas, because that's what they did with the House of the Future. Really? So, so wait. So you're, you're telling me is Happy Honda Days began <laughs> with the House of the Future? You're close. You're very close. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I didn't know that. So, all right. Back to uh, Ariel's Grotto, which again built in what's now known and not as the Alpine Garden, but Triton's Garden. And you know, what was kind of funny is you'd queue up to have your meet and greet with Ariel and invariably at one point as you're making your way through the queue you'd pass this giant cement cube 
that the House of the Future had sat on. And it was just one of these things where it's like, oh, look, a, a bronze statue of Trident. Oh, look, a bronze statue of, of Ariel and a giant concrete cube. What the hell is this? You know, anyway, moving on. So Disneyland also got its Ariel Grotto up and running by 1996. And at that point, the meeting and greeting of Disney princesses now entered a different era land. And, and no longer were you allowed to have a spontaneous encounter with the Disney princess. So it wasn't a question of, you know, you're taking that shortcut by Sleeping Beauty Castle, you go by the Wishing Well and the, the grotto there, and there's there's no wait. And so you you pull out the Instamatic and you get a picture, you know, with her. It's like, no, that's not happening anymore. Now Disney has decided that the rules that apply for attractions, you know, ride shows and attractions of the park apply to the Disney princesses. So during this time, Mickey's Toontown Fair in Florida takes one of its judges' tents and switches that over to a dedicated space for the princesses with the thinking of, hey, you're undercover. Yep. It's air conditioning. There's a queue set up, you know, so there's a, a physical setup here that, that allows us to control guests and everybody can have their wonderful moment with the Disney princess with an official Disney photographer on hand. Now, let's talk for a moment, though, about the store space, County Bounty. Yes. For a time, County Bounty was second only to the Emporium for, uh, what is it, sales per square foot. Yeah, and that's kind of amazing because you think the Emporium is is literally on the most valuable real estate in the park, mm -hmm. right, Main Street, mm -hmm. USA. But County Bounty is in a backwater, right? It's in the the upper right corner of the park, about as far away from the entrance as you could get. Invariably, you know, you'd have a pair of parents with the kids would look at the queue and go, oh, God. <laughs> you know, and then the parents would effectively, okay, I'll take the kids. You go sit or, or that sort of thing. And what would happen is one parent would be cut loose. And it's just, well, what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to shop. I'm going to wander around County Bounty. And invariably, the amount of time it took for the other parent to get the kid to the top of the line and to get their photo taken with the Disney princesses was enough to, I want to say the average sale inside their, I saw $65. I'm getting the t-shirt and I'm getting the plush and oh, I'm at $65. How did I get here? And that's in, that's in you know, the year 2000 or late 1990s, oh, which yeah. is probably like $90. Yeah. But you know, $90, I mean, that's that's probably a couple of t-shirts, maybe a... Uh, a tchotchke, and then, uh, you know, two cupcakes the size of your child's head, <laughs> which I'm saying is good value. I mean, that's where I'm going no, no, with no, this. Yeah. Absolutely. But that physical setup was making yeah. so much money. Now, remember, you know, there was that time in the the early 2000s when uh, Jay Rizzullo and Tom Staggs actually switched positions in the company. Uh, Rizzullo was head of the parks and Staggs was CFO. And this was Iger trying to figure out Who's going to be the best candidate to be my next second in command? <laughs> so it's a bake-off between Jay Rizzullo and Tom Staggs and Bob Chapek went one. <laughs> Story for another time. <laughs> I'm on record as saying I'm okay with Tom Staggs being the next CEO. Anyway, go ahead. You and me both. Yeah, okay, he understands now the parks. remember. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, back then, the plan was to pull down Mickey's Toontown Fair and to put in a pixie hollow themed area remember there was a time when i remember Disney this Fairies. yeah 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 this was when they uh this was when they were gonna um gonna redo it was part of the new fantasy land thing right and it, it was, was it was all character greetings yeah but the interesting thing was remember tom staggs former cfo is now in charge of the parks 
And he hears from the folks who work retail at the Magic Kingdom. And they're like, you don't understand. It's it's second only to the Emporium. You yeah. cannot. We need larger wheelbarrows to yeah, hold yeah, the to money that the we're money making backstage. Here. And so <laughs> Staggs, after he met with these retail folks, he literally went to the Imagineers and said, guys, here's the deal. County Bounty stays. Mm. And in fact, your job now is to figure out how this tent-shaped building stays in place. What's the theme for back here? Because we're not changing that. You know, yeah. that stays. Yeah. And when Mickey's birthday land opened in 88, and it was only supposed to open for, for 18 months, land, it was only supposed to be there long enough for the studios to open and then, you know, it would close its doors. You know, it was it was the, the Band-Aid on the year that a lot of people are like, well, do I really want to go to Walt Disney World? Shouldn't I wait till next year when the studio opens? And it's like, hey, we got a land that celebrates Mickey. You should come. Yeah. And so everything there was temporary. It was all, you know, they, they took a lot of folks who work at Reedy Creek you know, mm -hmm. for a very liquid lunch. And it's like, you know, hey, you know, yeah, come on. I know it's hurricane country, but it's a tent. But it's only supposed to be there for, for 18 months. Come on, it's a tent. We can yeah, do 18 this, months. Right? Look, it'll be 18 fine. Months. Yeah. Okay, eight years later, it's still standing there. That's <laughs> ultimately when they pulled down all the temporary stuff and then built Mickey's Toontown Fair. Yeah. All of this is going on before Andy Mooney makes the decision about the Disney princesses, how they're now a brand. At consumer products. Okay. It's literally a bonfire, and here comes Andy Mooney with two cans full of kerosene. You know, it's like, <laughs> hey. I just thought of something. They, yeah, this is a group we can sell as a group. And so uh, now, mind you, the first eight Disney princesses were Snow White, Cinderella, yep. and then uh, it's Sleeping Beauty, Briar Rose, Princess Aurora. I don't yeah. care. She's, so she's in the witness protection program, but okay. There we go. She's the one with narcolepsy. Okay. Uh, then we have uh, Ariel, Belle, Jasmine, and then... You know, we had Pocahontas, right? Not really a princess. I mean, she is the daughter of Powhatan. You know, the chief of thirty different tribes in coastal Virginia back in the 1600s. So, okay, princess-like. Sure, close enough. Okay, on the other hand, Mulan. Look at the end of that Disney film that bears her name. Fa Mulan uh, is awarded uh, Shang Chi's sword, as well as the Emperor's medallion. So Cinderella has a glass shoe. Uh, Mulan has go. a sword. Right. I mean, there we go. All <laughs> okay. right, we're, 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 we're moving on here. And and this is on the heels of the Disney Princess uh, launch as a brand. We start to see huge pieces of real estate at the parks surrendered to the brand. I yeah. mean, in case in Pointland, the Fantasyland Theater, 1,800-seat venue. This is in Disneyland across from uh, Small World, right? There we go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, okay. And and home to years' worth of shows in the park. Beauty of these live on stage, Dick Tracy, Diamond Double Cross, and Amazement, Snow White, The Enchanted Musical. It closes in the fall of 2006 to then get turned into a Disney princess meet and greet. They just literally set up sort of a backdrop 
and they would put five different Disney princesses in there. And, you know, you and your child would enter the shoot. You know, it's like, have your wonderful mama with Snow White. Next, have your wonderful yeah. mama with Cinderella. Next, you know, and just move yeah. down the line. I, I, so I'm friends with a uh, uh, with someone who used to be friends with a Disney princess, if you know the terminology. Mm-hmm. And there she refers to this as the, uh, the love and shove. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that term. Okay. Oh, you're the best. Okay, next. Yeah, hugs, hugs, next. kisses, kisses, wow. photo, photo, photo. Mwah. Okay. And next, yeah. This is just getting underway, Len. And then suddenly, Bippity Boppity Boutique comes up on the ground. Yeah. And in the final installment of this series, which we'll get to next week, we get three brand new Disney princesses. We get an expanded fantasy land. Though not everything goes according to plan. Right. We have some next generation meet and greets that fall off the table as new princesses do battle with old Disney right. princesses yeah. for the spotlight. What I love about this whole story is that, you know, it, like literally every five years, something comes along, you know, and it's like, hey, hey, hey throw some more kerosene on the fire. Have you seen this, this frozen thing? And speaking of which, did you see the news today? Bob Iger was on uh, Good Morning America, was talking about Frozen 3 and let slip that they're actually already working on Frozen 4. Uh, no, I didn't, uh, I didn't hear that, but, uh, but not a surprise. I mean, that's you know, fran- franchises are what Disney does. So. No, no, I get that. I get that. But evidently Jennifer Lee came up, you know, the, the head of feature animation at Disney and, and more to the point with the co-director along with Chris Buck of the first two Frozen movies evidently came up with an extension of the story that needs to be told in two parts. And it's oh, just fantastic. Sort of like, oh, dear Lord. Well, plus <laughs> you know, it keeps our friend Josh Gad off the streets. So that, that it does. That it does. <laughs> Idle hands to the devil's workshop, right? Okay. okay. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. I can't wait to hear the, uh, the end of the story next week. Okay. All right. All right, folks, that's going to do it for the show today. You can help support the show into Jim Hill Media by subscribing over to patreon.com slash jimhillmedia, where we're posting exclusive shows every week. On next week's show, Jim and I finish up the story of Disney's princesses in the parks. You can find more of Jim at jimhillmedia.com and more of me, Len, at touringplans.com. We're produced fabulously by Aaron Adams, who will be teaching you classic dance moves from the mashed potato to the stanky leg at the 28th Annual Black Hills Dance Festival, April 25th through the 27th, 2024, at the Monument Civic Center on North Mount Rushmore Road in beautiful downtown Rapid City, South Dakota. Don't forget to stop by Wall Drug while you're there. While Aaron's doing that, please go on to iTunes and rate our show and tell us what you'd like to hear next. For Jim, this is Len. Take your nickel cup of coffee, and we'll see you on the next show.